Wholesalers, welcome to an episode of Wholesaler Masterminds Radio. Wholesalers, we've been on a streak lately of having extraordinary guests come back to Wholesaler Masterminds Radio. That's because our guests continue to do extraordinary things, and today is no different. Rory Vaden, he was with us, all oh, a year, perhaps 18 months ago. He's the co-founder of Southwestern Consulting, and he's a discipline, self-disciplined strategist as well as an internationally renowned speaker. If you're not familiar, Southwestern Consulting is a multi-million dollar global consulting practice. He helps clients in more than 34 countries drive educated decisions with relevant data. He's also the founder of the Center for the Study of Self-Discipline. We interviewed Rory after his first book hit the airwaves. It was called Take the Stairs. And, well, not soon after talking to him, it became a number one bestseller Wall Street Journal, number two bestseller New York Times. But now he's at it again. He's got a new book. It's called Procrastinate on Purpose. And it's the first book ever to focus on the emotional side of productivity. And it presents five methods to literally multiply your time. Wholesalers, tell me what you need more than anything. Yes, I know. More time. Rory Vaden. Welcome back to Wholesaler Masterminds Radio. Thanks, Rob. It's great to be back. I'm delighted to have you. So I, I, I want to talk to you about this concept of procrastinate on purpose. Uh, in my book, procrastination's a dirty word. I thought we're not supposed to procrastinate. <laughs> uh, you know, in Take the Stairs, you're telling me about how I can improve my self-discipline and taking action to do the things I don't want to do. But now here you are telling me to procrastinate on purpose. Rory, I'm confused. Help me out here, please. Uh, well, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you started right in there, Rob. It's, uh, cause people say that. They say, well, hey, you know, and take the stairs. You're the guy who said procrastination is the most expensive and visible cost in business today. You said procrastination is the thing that kills most people's dreams and uh, that action is the ultimate prerequisite for anyone that's successful and now you're telling me to procrastinate on this and that's because of one of the one of the big insights that we had as we were putting this work together is there's a, a an important distinction to make there's a huge difference between waiting to do something when you know you should be doing it but you don't feel like doing it versus waiting to do something when you are deciding that now is not the right time. So waiting to do something when you know you should be doing it but you don't feel like doing it, that's procrastination. That's the most expensive and visible cost in business today. That is the thing that will steal your dreams. That is what, you know, as wholesalers, we should be making the calls and we're not doing it because we don't feel like it or, you know, it, it's it's whatever those things are. When, when we know we should be working out and we're not doing it because we don't feel like it, that's procrastination. But waiting because you're deciding that now is not the right time, that's different than procrastination. In fact, that is something that the world really needs more of, and most of us that are pulled in a million different directions, like any wholesaler, right, uh, appreciates this idea that waiting because you're deciding now is not the right time, that's not procrastination. That's procrastinate on purpose, or a synonym, a one-word synonym for procrastinate on purpose, which is patience. So, Inaction that results from indulgence, that's procrastination. That's call reluctance. That's not going to the gym. That's, you know, what we talked about in Take the Stairs. 
But inaction that results from intention, you know, deciding deliberately to put my email off and let my email uh, just pile up for a few hours while I make some critical phone calls and deal with some important things that only I can do and get face-to-face uh, or person-to-person anyways with my most important priorities, um, that's inaction that results from intention, and that is uh, procrastinate on purpose or patience, as we call it. There's a fine line between those, isn't there? I mean, as you're telling me about this, I'm kind of holding my temple, wanting to really understand that granular difference. It sounds like a, a pretty fine line. Do I have that right? It, well, it, 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 is, it is a fine line because, you know, if you come in at the other way, you go, okay, so patience is a virtue, but procrastination is the killer of all success. But they both are waiting, right? <laughs> like, how do you how do you reconcile that? Um, and and to me, it is a very fine line, but it's a very clean line f- for the um, multipliers, which is what we call the ultra ultra performers that we profiled in this book. And you know, we were we were trying to answer the question: what do what do the most um, effective people today do different, or how do they think differently in regards to time? And that is how we got to this to this premise. And and the actual premise of the book, procrastinate on purpose, is only one fifth of of the real book. Um, and to kind of understand the journey of how we got there, we got to do just a little thirty second here history of time management theory. Which you know, time management as a as a body of knowledge and work really it, it seemed to start around the the fifties and sixties. Um, you know, manufacturing sort of takes shape and it's, it's, it's you know, production processes. And, and initial one, first era time management thinking, it was really one-dimensional thinking. And it was all about efficiency. How do we create more, you know, tools and technology, uh, tips and tricks to do things faster? And the idea is if I can get the 10 items on my to-do list done faster, then I'll have margin left over. Um, and there's nothing wrong with efficiency, but there's a there's a limitation to efficiency, and that limitation is that no matter how efficient you are, the part that has changed in the world today is you. There's more to do than you can ever do. So when you get your ten items done on your to do list, what we find is not margin in our life. What we find is another set of ten to do items. So efficiency is good, but it it has this limitation. Well, in 1989, um, I'm sure you you probably know, if you're listening to this, you, you probably uh, read a book or at least have heard a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And the late Dr. Covey redefined the way that the world thought about time uh, when he presented this, this thing called the time management matrix. And uh, because of copyright with Franklin Covey, we can't explain it in detail, but it's pretty straightforward. It's, it's two-dimensional thinking. Um, he presents this graph where the y-axis is importance and the x-axis is urgency. And basically, it, it presented a new paradigm of this calculation that people can perform to identify which tasks are, you know, important and urgent, and then to prioritize. And he says in the book to 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 not prioritize your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. Um, and it, and it was great, and it, and it it changed the world, and it certainly helped helped my life. But it's interesting what occurred to me uh, and our team at Southwestern Consulting here in the last couple of years as we start, uh, you know, we we do coaching, so we we're in the one-on-one daily lives of salespeople and sales managers, 
is, you know, we're talking about prioritizing and we're preaching it like it's the gospel because that's what everybody says is you got to prioritize, you know. If you're, if you're busy, you just, you don't have your priorities in order. And we noticed that the, the ultra performers thought differently. They did something a little bit peculiar, which is, um, really captured in, in, in this new book, Procrastinating on Purpose, because what nobody ever talks about with prioritizing Prioritizing means to literally put one thing in front of another. And that's a valuable skill. It's more valuable today than ever before. You need to be a great prioritizer just like you need to be efficient. But the thing that nobody ever talks about, there's nothing about prioritizing that creates more time. All it does is take item number seven on your to-do list and it bumps it up to number one. But it doesn't give you any sort of strategy for what to do with the other nine things that are still remaining on your to-do list. And you could say, well, just ignore them, just who cares? But anybody that's, you know, in this business knows, well, you still have to, there's paperwork that has to get done. There's emails that have to be responded to. There's, there's smaller clients that still need to be serviced. And, and prioritizing provides no solution for that. And so that is how we got to uh, what we're introducing, uh, proposing here in, in the, this new book, Procrastinating on Purpose, is era three time management thinking. Uh, and, and, that's, and that's why we're here, Rob. So let's talk about this whole notion, Rory, of multiplying your time. It, you know, it, it sounds it sounds like some wonderful black magic hocus pocus. You're going to multiply <laughs> my time. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. There are going to be 25 hours in the day, and I simply uh-huh. won't know what to do with the extra hour. But you're talking about these five simple permissions. You're talking about eliminate, automate, delegate, concentrate. So. How do we start to tackle these in the limited time that we have together? How do I understand a little bit more about these yeah. five permissions? Can you walk us briefly through a little bit of what these mean, please? Sure. Well, here's, here's the core of, of what you need to know, and this is era three time management thinking and how you multiply time. See, most of us live with an assumption, uh, a fallacy, that time is, is, is like this finite thing, and it is inside of the context of today. In other words, if you're only using two-dimensional think of importance and urgency, you create a to-do list of what can I do today that is the most important thing. Well, what multipliers do is they think three-dimensionally, and they, they add a third calculation, which isn't importance or urgence, it's significance. And the distinction is that importance is how much does this matter. Urgency is how soon does this matter, but significance is for how long does this matter. So it matters. It's important. How much does it matter? If it it costs a lot of money, it's important. If it costs a little bit of money, it's not that important. If it matters now, it's urgent. If it doesn't matter now, it's not that urgent. But significance is how long does it matter. And that's exactly what multipliers do, is they don't evaluate their tasks and their to-do list in the construct of what is the most important thing to do today. They have a a different paradigm, and and here it is in one sentence. So if you've been sleeping, wake up, you want to catch this part. The way that you multiply time is by spending time on things today that create more time tomorrow. You spend time on things today that create more time tomorrow. So you're not doing them necessarily because they're the most important or urgent. You're, you're giving yourself the permission, and that's where the five permissions comes from, to actually say, I am going to give myself the permission to 
create the better systems that I know I need to have in order to advance my business tomorrow. I don't have time today to create that system. I'm going to create it. I'm going to give myself the permission, um, and that's what the five permissions are. Eliminate, automate, delegate, procrastinate on purpose, which is where the title of the book comes from, and concentrate. Um, and each of those, eliminate, automate, delegate, procrastinate, and concentrate, has a corresponding permission which relates to how you coach yourself emotionally through getting out of the urgent and focusing on the significant. I'm thinking about what you said. I'm processing what you said because there's a whole lot there, and a lot of it is um, kind of shaking up what we know to be true, which is why you talked about the whole yeah. evolution of managing your time, prioritizing your time, and now multiplying your time. But put this into real life for me because I, I want to understand if I'm a wholesaler, if I'm a leader, and I have things that are coming at me fast and furious all day, I know that I need to look at things that are important. I need to look at things that, in, in, in terms of urgency. But now you're saying to me I need to look at things in terms of significance, how long they matter to me. I might need you to replay that for me because I'm not sure – that I'm getting that when I have the demands of the day stacking up against me. I'm not sure I have the luxury of examining is it significant. Okay, good. So I'm glad I'm glad that you're stopping because this is a huge idea and it is a very radical shift from how most of us think. So let me give um, a specific industry uh, standard from your customer as a wholesale. So let's think about a financial planner. Yep. Um, Let's say you're a wealthy financial planner and you only deal with high net worth clients. Under what scenario would that financial advisor intentionally choose time to spend um, with a broke teenager for a business purpose, not an altruistic purpose, for an income-producing uh, effort? Why would a, a wealthy financial advisor who only deals with high net worth clients choose to spend time with a broke teenager? And you're saying and if, it, answer, if it wasn't altruistic? Correct. And the answer, is, the, answer is, the answer is generally they wouldn't. Generally they wouldn't, right. Now, when I spoke at the Million Dollar Roundtable uh, last summer, uh, two summers ago in Philadelphia, one of the sessions I caught uh, was from, from an MDRT, a top-of-the-table guy, and he's up there talking, and he, he said one of the things that he does that nobody else does is he says, I spend time with the kids of my highest net worth clients. Why? Well, the kid is broke, but one day that high net worth client is going to die, and what's going to happen to that wealth? Where's it going to go? It's going to pass to the kid. And if you don't have a relationship with that kid, then you might lose that money. The kid might blow it, or he might invest it with somebody else. So here's the thing. In, in the construct of the paradigm of today with this kid, you go, it's not important to spend time with him. He doesn't have any money, and it's not urgent. Um, it only becomes urgent when the parent dies. But when you make the significance calculation and you think, how is this going to matter in the future, it becomes very obvious that you should develop a relationship with the kids of your most important, wealthy individuals, but clients. But most, most advisors never even think that. They overlook it um, and until, you know, maybe the kid is 35 years old and now he's got his own friends that are, are in the business. Um, and here's something else also that would be radical. I think, and, and, and some of you will disagree with this and not like this, I think that there may be times, not always, but there may be times when compromising um, 
one urgent activity or one important client today might be a, a, a strategic of strategic benefit to you in the long term. So if you just look at customer service, for example, I have two choices every day. Let's say I have I got a hundred people calling me. I can provide amazing customer service today, and let's say customer service is a high priority value. I have a big value on it. I can choose to spend my time servicing my clients because that is my highest priority is providing them great service. And what that does is that means to the extent of which the, the most efficient way I can serve the number of people, I can have a linear progression of the number of people that receive great service to me, from me. But to the extent that I become a multiplier, and here's why entrepreneurs and leaders and multipliers and major influencers think differently, I go, you know, if I want to service thousands of people, if I want to, I need to create a process by which I can train other people to provide great service. I need to create systems and structures. Um, this is with uh, automate uh, would be the permission to invest, the permission to invest the time and the money to create the systems and structures. And I go, you know what? If one client gets pissed off t- at me today, even if I lose that client, at some point when you make the significance calculation, you realize if, it in- if what I'm doing today improves my ability to service all my other clients and provides a platform for me to really grow my business, I can have exponential growth. I'm not saying don't service your clients. I'm saying the significance calculation changes everything. And very few people live in that world, and most of us only make calculations of importance and urgency, and that's why we have a to-do list, which is what, what's the most important thing I can do today. That's not how multipliers think. Multipliers think, what can I do today that's going to shape tomorrow? So it's still, they still have to prioritize that activity. They still have to do activities efficiently. But the, 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 the item that they choose to prioritize as most important is weighted more by significance than it is by urgency. Does that help? It does. It does. Wholesalers, you have a lot to think about here because, you know, what Rory's talking about is shaking up the way that we traditionally think about managing your time. And if he's right about it, then there's an opportunity here to create more time. And by golly, as I said at the opening, what wholesaler wouldn't enjoy more time? More time with clients, more mm-hmm. time with prospects, more time with family, more time with friends, more time with their community. You'd love to have more time. Rory, I really appreciate you taking time to speak to us at Wholesaler Masterminds Radio. Deeply appreciate it. Oh, Rob, hey, thank you for having me back. And, and you know, it's not easy, but it is simple. And just remember, success is never owned. No matter who you are, it's rented, and the rent is due every day. Wholesalers, check out the links that we have at the website for Rory's new book and Rory's website and his blog. We'll put it all up there. We'll post it all up there. And come back next time for another episode of Wholesaler Masterminds Radio.